Welcome to Inspect, a podcast about web design and development. In this week's show, we're going to be talking about our top 10 VS Code uh, extensions. So we'll be picking our top five and we're going to compare, see what the list is like. So um, to kick us off, Kay, do you want to go first with your number five spot? Yeah, so it was a bit difficult to uh, put in uh, number five because there's just so many out there that I'm using. But I think going through what I've been using recently and what's most helpful for me, I think um, going with auto close tag is my number five. Um, it, you know, it's, it's self-explanatory there. Um, when you're writing, um, especially for me when I'm writing HTML um, for templates, especially for like for WordPress and things like that, um, just the, the ease at which, you know, tags and divs are closed uh, when you're starting to write your code it will you know it knows straight away um, when to close the tags for you because you get into a lot of situations where you're probably writing a lot of code and you tend to like you know miss um, a closing tag here and there and you know I've been I've been a I've been in that situation myself quite a few times actually yeah especially when I've been going through code I've written before um, and realizing later that there's a missing div or, you know, the closing HTML tag's not there for some reason. But yeah, the auto close tag's my number five. Yeah, it's, it's handy, especially when, you, when you're handwriting code and you know that you're about to do several layers of nesting. Like if you're creating a div with a, an unordered list in there with list items, with paragraph tags, That's you, it. you tend to write your opening div, your opening UL, your opening LI, and then your opening P tag. And then you've got to remember to close them all in that order. So... Having it auto close. I mean, it's surprising that VS Code doesn't ship with this out of the box. Yeah, it should um, be native, I think. I, I just yesterday I was working on some code uh, somebody else had wrote, and it it had nests upon nests upon nests, and you had article tags within divs, and within that you had un unordered lists, and, and it was just mental. But using the auto close uh, feature in VS Code just saved me a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it installed as well. Um, it didn't make my number five spot, but it's um, it's up there still. Um, I installed mine quite a while ago, so I don't know if VS Code has actually introduced this natively now. But the plugin still exists and it's still um, it's still getting sub uh, stars and downloads. So I'm guessing that it's still not native. I, th I think it's uh, yeah, it's still not native because it's still there. Um, the one that I just found there was another one I found that had just been uh, removed because it's native now. So. They are going through them, I think. Okay, brilliant. Right, um, and the show notes will include links to all of these, uh, the links to the VS Code uh, marketplace for all the extensions that we mentioned. All right, so my number five spot is um, an extension called Colorize, which is spelled in the American way, C-O-L-O-R-I-Z-E. And basically what this does is it, it trawls through your code and it finds, it's mainly for CSS, obviously, um, and it finds any hex values, any HSL, any RGB values, and it basically gives them a background color which matches the color that they represent. Um, so nice. The, the good thing about this is it also works with SAS, uh, so it, um, it colorizes your SAS variables. It basically searches up the chain to where that variable is declared and uh, picks out the color. And um, it also works with uh, CSS custom properties as well. So you can have like some weird names for your custom properties and they may not necessarily be very obvious. And uh, yeah, Colorize just shows you a quick, uh, like a background swatch of what that color is. Oh, that's pretty cool, I have to look at that one, definitely. Yeah, I find it really hand handy in my SAS variables file because I, I like to organize my, um, my color palette 
in in sort of hue color and they're not necessarily going to be you know 10% gray 20% gray but generally you have like five or six shades of gray and one will be lighter and then one will be darker but they may not necessarily be called gray light gray dark for example yeah um, so it's nice to just have that sort of visual cue of which one is the darker one um, or which shade of red is um, slightly darker than yeah, than the other. I think that's really handy, especially especially when um, you know a design's been passed on to you, and you're just literally just working through code. Um, and it's always good to have a visual cue of the colors, the brand colors that you're you know that you're working with um, within your code. So it's there. I mean, that's that's just so handy. That's brilliant. I'm gonna have to look into that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I can see that one helping me out. And it just means you don't have to keep referring back to your variables files, or you can just because as you're writing your CSS, um, the the plugin is intelligent enough to to search up the tree and and find where that variable was first declared, and and it picks out the color. So it's very good. Okay, so uh, my number four, uh, Git Lens. Um, and again, this has made it into the top five recently. Um, um, I heard it mentioned on Twitter, um, this developer that I was following, and then I just kind of picked it up and started using it in a project recently. But um, it's just essentially um, using, uh, well, it's just like Git on steroids, really, within VS Code. And the reason why I'm using it um, within VS Code is, is just to uh, you know allow me to navigate and explore uh, repos. And uh, the code comparison um, side of it is just really, really helpful. Just having everything natively there rather than going, because um, I usually use that uh, source code, uh, sorry, source tree to, um, uh, you know, when I'm working with repositories and stuff and, and pushing anything to a, a repository. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't using it Git that much uh, before. I think I've mentioned that in previous episodes, but recently I'm working with a, a couple of other guys on some projects and you know it's just really really handy to have it within vs code um rather than having another application um through which you got to you know find these kind of things but um for me it's it's just it's brilliant and i've started to use it a lot more now so yeah definitely number 4 i can see this moving up to number 2 at some point but yeah um yeah you're right about git lens i use that as well um i did have it in my list at uh, number 3 spot i think it was but uh, i've since removed it cuz you've added it so we don't really need too much repetition. Um, but yeah, I use Git Lens as well. Um, I don't use it heavily because um, like you said as well, I mainly do all of my Git workflow using source tree. Um, the only time I um, I actually turn on, because you can toggle Git Lens uh, just using the command palette. So I have it turned off by default most of the time. And then uh, I literally just turn it on every now and then just to get a quick idea of who did a certain line of code in, in a file, for example, if this, and normally if I find something which doesn't agree with the way I would have done it, and then I, at least I can find out, because I do work for an agency and we have several people, you know, working on files at the same time, uh, it's quite handy in my case to just turn it on now and then. Um, but I do really like the the diffing uh, features where you can see, you know, the before and after of files. So I, f I find that a lot cleaner to do that in VS Code than it is to do that in any external file diffing tool or doing it in um, source code, source tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I like it. Um, and also I like that, you know, uh, when you have got it toggled on, um, it, it sometimes it can overpower your file a little bit, but it's nice to just have that little muted text next to each line showing, you know, the date it was uh, last committed and what the branch name was and so on. Yeah. But like I said, it does clutter your file a little bit, so I do tend to turn it off most of the time. Yeah, I'm the same. Literally just like, it's on and off um, when I need to look at it, it's on. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, my number four spot, um, I also did have auto close tag in there, but another one that I use in sort of conjunction with auto close tag is auto rename tag, uh, which again is fairly self-explanatory. What it does is if you've got a div on your page and you divide it with some text in it and you realize actually I need to make this semantic, I need to turn it into a paragraph, you can just rename the, the opening tag and it automatically renames the closing tag. So yeah, this I use this a lot with um, with like with React, especially uh, where you've got because it works with um, it's not just native sort of HTML tags; it's any custom tags as well. So it works with React component tags, um, and uh, it's good when you're maybe copying and pasting some example code from somewhere else, and then you want to change the markup slightly, but not necessarily the structure. Um, and yeah, an example of that is like if you want to change an unordered list to an ordered list, you can just quickly just rename the first one and it automatically closes, uh, renames the closing tag as well. So yeah, really good. Works well with auto close tag. Nice. Might have to get one on board as well. Right, go on then. Number three. Cool. Number three. Um, so for number three, I've got Prettier. Um, I don't like the name, um, but yeah, uh, again, it is self-explanatory when it comes down to formatting your code. Uh, and me being me in the type of person I am, um, I spend a lot of time wondering how on earth I'm going to format the code in, you know, to uh, so say a HTML file or a CSS file. Um, you know, do I write my CSS all on one line, or do I do it um, the long way and you know use tabbing and things like that for a new de uh, declaration and things like and, and that that kind of style. Um, the, using this plugin really, really, uh, or extension that really helped me because um, I don't have to think about that anymore. So it's literally start typing it out however I want to type it out. And, you know, I can use presets or whatever of the default settings within the, um, the extension. And, you know, it just formats it for me. And I'm generally happy with the formatting anyway. So, yeah, it just saves me a lot of time and hassle. And, and your code just looks really, really nice and neat afterwards. Yeah. Do you have any overrides that you've put in? Um, no, I haven't. Not yet. Not yet. No. But that is definitely something I need to be looking into um, because it's such a handy feature. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've pretty much used it default out of the box as well. I think the only thing that I've changed on my prettier settings is the tab width. I've changed it to two spaces instead of four. Yeah. And um, I think the, there's the trailing commas option i've got it turned off i believe it is uh yeah it should be off anyway yeah so that you know trailing commas aren't allowed uh i should keep that on actually because it's actually handy to have trading commas on but yeah otherwise i keep i keep it pretty much out of the box uh, it seems to have good um good opinions mm. on on ways to format code um but like you know the beauty of the plugin is is that although it is opinionated everything's a, a everything's an option so you can just turn it off and then the great thing is you can obviously then uh create this uh prettier config file as well and add that to your repository so that the whole team can be working off the same formatting options so that's right yeah do you have yours set to format every time you save the file or just do you do manual formatting it's manual at the moment yeah yeah i do my manual as well found i found that doing auto formatting is sometimes just it makes it hard to read your code while you're typing it. Yeah, it's, that's, I find that a bit annoying, yeah. Yeah, it's because sometimes you do want to have non-conventional formatting while you're actually just laying out your content. Yeah. 
you know, I don't mind if like text lines uh, lines are longer than you know the suggested uh, wrapping point, for example. Yeah, and thing is, it keeps your coding natural as well. That's that's what I find about it. It's uh, it, you know the normal way that you you to code without this extension, um, it helps to keep that balance. I think. Yeah, yeah. I've worked on some projects where yeah the code formatting was very strict, um, where you couldn't even push a commit. To your git repository without fixing all your sort of formatting errors wow and it just although it created a really nice repository in the end and very clean code it just made it um it just made the whole sort of development cycle really slow mm. so every time you would go to push your commit you'd just be ended up with these like stupid errors and you know errors about white space and stuff like that um i know some people are probably very particular about that sort of thing and you know there might be people shying at their Chatting at their not at the screen, but at their, at their podcast player now, saying, "You know what you're doing. You need to have this enforced." But I suppose it depends on the size of your project and the number of people working on your project. But for small teams, it doesn't need to be that strict. I don't think. Mm, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, well, I've got Pretty on there as well, further down my list, so that's going to be coming up soon. Um, my number three spot. I've uh, I just switched it out actually because we had some repetition, but uh, I've just added in a plugin called Better Comments. Okay. So what this does is it, it's got a few shortcuts for creating quick like comment blocks and things like that. So you can have like multi-line comments and single-line comments and uh, comments in certain formats for different types of files. So, um, but the beauty of it is is that you can add like uh, modifiers into your comments. So you start your comment off and then add a, an asterisk. And then what Better Comments does is it highlights your comment in green. Uh, if, you put a, if you put an exclamation mark at the beginning, it highlights it in red. Uh, if you put a question mark, it highlights it in blue, for example. And then uh, if you start your comment with the word to do in uppercase, then it uh, gives you a nice orange, bright orange con uh, comment. Oh, that's really handy. Yeah. Yeah, so although they stay comments in your code, you know, it doesn't affect the way your code runs. Uh, in your within your Visual Studio uh, editor, you can sort of it just they just stand out a little bit more. And um, another thing is when you comment out an existing comment, right? So like you have, in JavaScript, you have the double slash uh, to write a comment, a single line comment. If you then put another double slash in front of that, so you end up with four forward slashes, it actually strikes out your comment as well. So it's like you can comment out your comments. It's, it's a bit of a strange concept, but um, <laughs> it's quite handy as well um, to have that. And then because you've got all these different types of comments, then you can search by those as well. Right. So you can just sort of search your whole project for the word to do and, and bring up a list of all the outstanding to do items within your code, uh, which are obviously within your comments. So yeah, better comments. It's a good one. Very handy, that one. I, I think... The formatting side, when I'm when I'm looking in other people's code, uh, other files and things like that, the first thing I do check out are, are the comments. Um, and usually when they grade out, it's really difficult to kind of, you know, um, go through it. But I think with the color coding thing, I've just opened it up in a browser actually just having a look at it. It, it does look really, really handy. It, it depends on your, obviously, your um, your theme, your editor theme, and, and the language that you're writing in, because some languages do color their code quite a lot anyway yeah but for something like say i don't know css where css doesn't generally have that many colors in the code it only has like three or four 
when you've got these sort of bright orange uh, comments and br bright blue comments uh, dotted in between them, you can really uh, make them stand out. Oh, that's handy, very handy. I'm just having a look at the, the languages that it's uh, supporting. It's, uh, it's, oh, it's a massive it supports list. everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it supports everything. I mean, there's, got to, there's probably some re real weird like offshoot of some sort of language that's not supported, but all the big ones are there, all yeah. the standard ones. Nice. So, yeah, that's a good one. All right, number two. Moving on to number two. Um, so this one's probably, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people would agree with this one. I, I think it depends on um, what frameworks you're working with, but um, in HTML, uh, mine, uh, my number two is uh, Bootstrap for snippets. Um, I work with Bootstrap quite a lot um, with websites, um, generally just, you know, creating uh, uh, page templates uh, and any sort of custom sort of templates that I need, um, I'm using Bootstrap for um, a lot of the time. Um, and before I was having to refer uh, to the Bootstrap for um, sort of like their, their codex and just go through uh, their pages and find the, you know, the class names or you know, the little uh, features that I required to get something working. So like an accordion or, you know, like a slider and things like that. So even buttons and, and stuff. So this, uh, this extension just chucks the snippet feature in there and it will auto detect what you're trying to type and or what you're trying to look for um, from, from the bootstrap code. And it just saves a hell of a lot of time um, and hassle and I, I swear by if you're a bootstrap uh, developer out there or if you use bootstrap on on your websites I highly recommend you use bootstrap for snippets in VS code it's a it's just a life-saving uh, extension um uh, are you fully over to bootstrap 4 now do you not use bootstrap 3 on any of your no projects? everything's um I've migrated everything over so anything that was on bootstrap 3 I've actually gone in um, there were small sites anyway um they've just been sort of like you know overhauled and we've got bootstrap 4 on everything now and the word WordPress um, theme that I use, that's like a vanilla theme, and it's called Bootstrap um, Starter. And um, that's it's a Bootstrap 4 um, theme anyway. So that's being used in all the websites that I'm rolling out. Okay. Yeah. Um, just on a side note, what's the upgrade process like from Bootstrap 3 to 4? I don't know what the right process is, but I just literally, you know, it was a case of there was about four or five of these websites, they're very small sites. And luckily for me, they were, um, you know, they were using a theme uh, in WordPress, which was using Bootstrap 3. And for me, it was just a case of um, just installing the new Bootstrap 4 theme, creating a child of it um, locally first, and um, just trying to see if that, if that kind of, you know, worked seamlessly. Um, there were a few issues, but, you know, it was, uh, it was just a case of just, you know, a few minor fixes here and there. And it probably didn't take much longer than an hour to be honest, but um, I don't know, for anyone who's gone and hard-coded, uh, you know, Bootstrap 3 um, in websites, uh, you know, there's probably some documentation on, on it on the Bootstrap website, but yeah, for me, it was just a case of um, just installing a new theme. All right, well, my, my number two is uh, on the same vein as yours. It's, uh, it's also about snippets. Um, so the actual, it's actually called JS space, a JSX snippets. So JS and JSX snippets. And uh, yeah, basically I use this uh, pretty much every day. Um, it's got a lot of pre-built snippets for React. So that's where I use it the most. So let's say you're creating a new class component instead of writing, you know, import React from React and, and so forth. Uh, I can just basically type in 
R, uh, RCC, so React class component, RCC, and then hit the tab, and that gives you the whole sort of React class component structure, and it automatically puts, puts the cursor into the component name so that you can just um, give it, you know, edit the name straight away. Straight away, yeah. And then, and then you hit tab again, and it moves the cursor into the actual component body as well. So it's just very clean. Um, it's got, I use it for the class components, for the stateless components, to create the constructor in a class component. Um, so basically anything React-based, um, you know, it automatically uh, updates your class. Uh, when you're using the class keyword, it updates that to class name, and then just little things like that. Um, and then some of the JavaScript ones as well. So if you're doing like a, uh, a document dot get ready document, yeah, see, I can't even remember what it says because I hardly <laughs> ever type it now. Uh, I think you just type in doc and it comes up as one of the, or no, you type in ready. I think the the snippet for that is. Yeah. You just type in ready in a in a job function, or you can type in like i e e i i e f i i e f. I can't remember. The other immediately invoked function, I-I-F-E. Yeah, iffy. Yeah. So you type up like I-I-F and it gives you the snippet for that. So it opens up a function expression with, uh, you know, and then you hit tab and it puts the cursor in the right place. So yeah, just really good, really well thought out um, snippets. Um, they've all got, you know, the placeholders all set up and the tabs all, all work nicely. Um, there's a couple of places like there's, in particular, the sort of stateless function, uh, stateless component, React stateless component. When you hit tab, it doesn't ever, it doesn't tab into your sort of um, component arguments. So where you need to import your props, it doesn't tab into there. So you'd have to go manually move your mouse into there anyway. Um, but I reckon I could probably hack it and add that in if I wanted to. But yeah, just massively speeds up React development. That is pretty cool, and the fact that it works, uh, you know, you've got the JavaScript there as well. I think that's uh, very handy, and this might end up rehauling my whole top five now because this is probably something I, I need to uh, look into, especially with the JavaScript. Yeah, so it works with JavaScript, TypeScript, uh, and React, and TypeScript React as well. Um, but it's just got loads of little ones, like, um, for example, you can. Uh, you find some examples there's loads of react ones there's loads uh, regarding like prop types for react so you could just type in like pta and that equates to prop types dot array for example if you uh, got an array prop type um and then just general sort of basic ones like uh cm will give you a comment block within a javascript so like a proper javascript comment block with parameters and all, all sorts and an author it gives you one of those uh, just typing in IMP gives you an import statement. Uh, so it lets you like import and then you put in your path and then you tab to your actual, what your, the file that you're importing. So there's loads. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Okay, here we are, the number one spot. So uh, yeah, my number one is uh, IntelliSense for CSS class names. Bit of a bit of a mouthful there. Um, but you'll find a lot of IntelliSense um, extensions um, on the marketplace for VS Code. I just find this one just so helpful and so powerful. Um, and, I, and I'm using it all the time because I'm writing CSS for every single project that I'm working on. So, you know, it, it's just, um, 
so handy to have, uh, you know, auto completion for your CSS class definitions um, in your work uh, in your workspace within VS Code. Um, so if I was to just drag and drop a you know a, a folder in, into VS Code, it will automatically you know pull all my definitions um, from any folders that contain CSS files, and um, yeah, it will just help me to write my code much you know cleaner, much faster. Um, you know, and you've got the the override um, feature as well. So there's certain folders which contain CSS which you don't want it to actually go into and find any kind of definitions and things. Then you can always tell it to uh, not look in those folders. So you know, it's it's just brilliant, and it's going to be hard to top this one. But I think you, you've mentioned uh, a, a couple in yours where I think you know they could come close. But for me, this is a you know it's a no-brainer. Okay, well, this doesn't this doesn't necessarily have to be in like a a favorite to least favorite sort of order. These are just our top five used ones. Uh, so we can we can put a disclaimer on there in no particular order. Yeah. Um. So we, so it basically trawls through any classes that you've added to your HTML and auto suggests those. Is that what it does? Yeah, that's it. So what it will do, it'll it'll look in your your CSS folder and any CSS files that you've got. And so when you're writing your HTML and you're you know ah, okay. you're pulling a class, yeah. It'll basically just it'll, it'll pull out all the the ones you've mentioned, and then you just hit enter on the one that you want, and you know it just starts to you know it's just very easy to write your code. Okay, okay. You're creating divs and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Does this does it? Do you know if it works in reverse? So suppose you've got some HTML with some classes defined on it. Yeah. And then you go and write your CSS afterwards. Does it? Intel, yeah, is there any way of like bringing up what those classes are? That'd be an interesting one. I'll check that one out. That's very interesting. I think it might. I think it might. I'll have a look at that. Yeah, I'll check that one out. Because that could work then if you've inherited some some markup and you had to go and write the CSS for it. Instead of you trawling through the whole markup to see what classes are used, you could potentially just you know start bringing those up with IntelliSense. Yeah, it's got manual recaching in there as well. So if anything has changed in your definitions, um, you can uh, you know manually uh, recache it, and then it will just you know auto-populate um, anything that's been updated and amended. Okay. And do, do, is there any sort of loading time of your project that's affected by this? Not really. I haven't noticed anything. I suppose mm. it depends on the size of your CSS files, but... Yeah, if you've got huge files, then maybe, yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> for my number one spot, I actually had Prettier, but because we've already spoken about it, um, I haven't really got anything else to add uh, other than go and check it out. Because it's brilliant, uh, and it deserves to be at number one. Um, it just, you know, it takes a bit of configuration, and it might feel a bit alien at at first because, you know, you might not necessarily agree with all of its um, its uh, like formatting uh, options. And there's a few that I don't agree with, but it's easy to get around them. You, like I said, you can customize all of the properties in there as well. Um, but what I've done is I've I've just gone and added a, a sort of bonus uh, number one spot as well for another one that I use all the time, every day. It's not essentially that important, but it just uh, it just makes it very um, very easy in an agency environment, especially. Um, so the extension is called Project Manager. And basically what it does is if you're using VS Code for all of your different projects, you can just basically save a, uh, I think it saves as a JSON file uh, in your in your like dev directory. 
Yeah, it just saves a JSON file with the paths to all of your different projects that you've got. And then when you want to, if you're working on a project and you quickly want to switch to the context of another one, you just hold a command shift P or control shift P and you just type in, actually no, it's command alt and P. And you just, it brings up a list of all your projects and then you can just quickly just scroll through or start typing the name. So like in my list, I've, I've got sort of 15 or so different projects for the different clients that, I've, that I work on. Um, some of those are personal projects, some of those are actual work-related ones, some of them are just like hacking uh, when I'm just testing things out. And uh, yeah, anytime I start a new project in VS Code, I'll always go and save that project uh, path to my, my project manager first. And then yeah, we've always got quick access to it. So that's my sort of bonus number one spot. And then that's it, that's the top 10. But uh, obviously we did, you know, we picked out a couple of bonus ones as well. So. Um, on top of project manager. So do you want to go for your bonus one first? Yeah, so my bonus one that I've got is Quokka. It's Q-U-O-K-K-A. Um, and again, I found this recently. When I found out that we were going to be talking about um, VS Code extensions, uh, this this just sort of like popped up and uh, it's very handy and allows you to test your JavaScript within VS Code. Um, I am new to it, but just from, you know, um, the recent usage on it, it's um, I can see it being very handy, and I can see myself using this a lot more than you know loading up um, dev tools and typing in uh, JavaScript in the console and things like that. So um, I've just been reading up uh, on the actual extension, and um, yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a lot. So uh, that's the my bonus one, Quokka. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I've looked at Quokka before. I think they've got a web interface as well, which I've um, looked at but um, it's not something that I've used in any sort of production site anywhere. Um, right, my bonus one is, uh, well, it's not really any, it's not really any of any use to be honest, but if you've ever been on Twitter or something like that and you've seen these nice screenshots of people sharing their code, chances are it's created with this extension called Polar Code, which is like Polaroid for code. And uh, what it does is you, uh, you install the section, ex install the extension and then when you run it it uh, basically opens up another tab in visual studio uh vs code and it gives you a little text editor in that tab and you paste in your code and then there's a little camera icon at, at the bottom and then it basically just generates a nice looking screenshot of your code wow how cool is that i'm just watching the demo yeah, now. it, that is it really gives you cool. what looks like a browser window it strips away all the extra chrome that you don't need uh, it strips away line numbers, but what it does do is it it does match your editor theme as well. So if you've got a light theme, you're going to get a light light themed screenshot. And uh, the screenshots it gives you are PNGs on transparent backgrounds, and they have like a a bit of a drop shadow behind them as well. So if you're then going to drop that into like a presentation or something, it does stand out from the page. It looks quite nice. Um, and yeah, if you've ever seen like you know, nice screenshots of code on Twitter, chances are they've come from this plugin. So yeah, I don't use it very often, um, but it's nice. It's just a nice way to share your code if you do, rather than, you know. So that, that's pretty cool, because I've seen this, I've seen some uh, people on Instagram who uh, f follow my uh, my page on there, and these guys have got nothing but code screenshots on there, and I'm like, how on earth have you got it so crisp? <laughs> and, you know, I was like, damn. Yeah, because, the alternative would be, you know, to um, 
increase your font size maybe and then take a screenshot open that in photoshop you know delete out the phone number the line numbers and then you know crop that window and put it into a different sort of um frame you know a sort of minimal frame so it's it's a lot of hard work isn't it exactly um and then yeah this just makes it really nice and simple so yeah that's that's your bonus one so make sure you install that i'm impressed nice all right, cool. Um, so that's the extensions portion. Um, I figured we could just talk about your actual theme as well. Have you got any customizations on your actual workspace and what font you're using, what theme you're using, or anything else? Yeah, I think when it comes to the font, I think we're both using the same fonts, aren't we? The Fira Code is like the cleanest one yeah. um, out there. I think everyone's using that, to be honest. Yeah, I've actually already switched to it recently. Fira code. Um, I used to use, I used to use um, operator mono, mm. which is nice. It gives you like, it's got some nice italics in operator mono. It's got like a cursive italics. Um, yeah. And just just generally, it's a quite a clean font. But you know, a lot of people at work as well. They were talking about Fira code and the way it's got the ligatures, and you know, you get your your nice looking fat arrows and your nice looking you know, double equals and triple equals and stuff like that. So it, yeah, it looks cool. So, so yeah. yeah I, was... I never thought, I never thought I'd see the day where developers would be having issues about the, the font that's being used for their game. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to be staring at this font and, you know, for the best part of six, seven hours a day, you want something that looks nice. And yeah, it definitely... That's true. I mean, you can imagine typing code in Comic Sans. Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Still works. <laughs> yeah, and I take it you've got you've got a dark theme as well, like most people. Yeah, I've got so I find myself switching between Dracula um, and uh, Atom One dark theme. Right. Um, they're both really cool. One in the Atom One dark theme, I tend to use a like a dark sort of like brown background. Um, I do like that and. It's just weird because sometimes I tend to switch and then I just want to go to go to the Dracula theme, which is has like a it's not really black uh, background, but it is dark. So I find myself switching between the two um, and it just helps my eyes as well when, and helps me to focus on the code. Um, that, I mean, yeah. that's me. That's just the way I, I work on it. Yeah. Switching between those two. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm using the material darker. Uh, so material theme comes with a few few different flavors. It's got like dark, darker, dark, light, lighter. So I'm using the darker version, uh, but I've added a couple of customizations to it because I have the terminal open within VS Code as well. Um, by default, the dark, the material theme, the terminal is the same color background color as the rest of the, the actual sort of coding environment. So um, I've just I've, yeah I've just gone and tweaked some of the preferences to make. Uh, that a little bit darker. Right. Um, so I made that darker. I made uh, like some of the borders between the panels. I've changed the colors of some of those. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty much just straight out of the box using material darker. It's quite a nice one. Yeah, I think these ones, they're, they're pretty good out of the box. Um, I don't think they need too much customization. I mean, for me, the background um, does require a change, I think. Um, but yeah, that's just me. That's my preference. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use any light themes ever? No, I think the last time I used a light theme was when I was coding in Dreamweaver, and that was white. 
<laughs> what I found is that if you're ever presenting at a, a conference or a meeting or something like that and using a projector, yeah, um, I've found sometimes that a dark theme doesn't show up very well uh, unless you've got a, a very bright projector. Um, so sometimes if I am presenting anything, then I'll, I might switch to a light theme then. And then I just literally use a material light theme as well. Right. Um, which is kind of almost an invert of what my current theme is. It just makes it easier to show up on a projector. But then as soon as I'm done, I switch back. Cool. All right, brilliant. Well, that's the whole list. So yeah, all the links for all of these um, extensions that we mentioned, the fonts, the themes, and all the bonus things will all be in the show notes. Um, show notes you can find at inspect.fm and they should show up in your podcast player as well with links if you like the show you can leave us a review or a rating on apple podcasts or within your own podcast player if possible and the best thing to do if you want to support us is just share it with your friends let people know about the show and let people know what you think yeah so any final words um not really man just top up on your antihistamine guys because i've just you know been hit really bad with this hay fever but yeah that's that's my word for the for the week (laughs) (laughs) all right mate. okay i'll catch you soon nice one bye